Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Open up the the notes app on your phone, whatever it is, because we've got a pile of content to go through this morning, because this is one of those messages that I have crafted to answer a question that someone has posed to the church, and that is, how are we supposed to know, discern God's voice and what he wants to tell us? How are you supposed to know what God is saying to you? Because we've all, we've all been in that place where we've had a decision to make. We're supposed to do something or we just want to hear from God. And we're there and we're weighing all the pros and cons. We're talking about all the issues. We're trying to think through everything. And we've got voices in our head. Or is that just me? Right? You've got these different voices in your head going, and you're like, well, how do I determine what's God's voice and what's my voice and what's my in-law, my mother-in-law's voice? Because right? you've got that voice in your head telling you one thing or another, and you're trying to figure out, what am I supposed to do? It might be, should I change jobs or should I stay? Is this the right person to marry? Should I be selling my house right now? Should I buy that new car? Should I talk to that person across the room? How do I handle this tense situation? What am I supposed to do with this really, really, really annoying child that lives in my house? We have these questions, right? We have these questions and we're trying to figure out what is the best thing that I'm supposed to do. And so we go to God, we go to God in prayer and we say, what am I supposed to do? And it's very, sometimes very difficult to know what is God saying and what am I saying and what is the person down the road saying. So what we're going to do here is we're going to dig into a number of passages, a number of situations and stories throughout the Bible and see if we can learn a few key principles. I'm going to boil this down to one key point, and that key point is the better you know the Holy Spirit, the easier it is to recognize His voice. The better you know the Holy Spirit, the easier it is to recognize His voice. Now, Nathan, do you have the PowerPoint for this? Uh, he's going he's gonna to work on putting that up because there's going to be a pile of content. I want you guys to be able to see it if we can. The better you know the Holy Spirit, the easier it is to recognize His voice. And we can sum it up in that nice phrase, but there are a number of other principles that I think help us to really unpack and understand that. So number, number one, the first thing we're, we're going to look at is in 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And this story is about little young boy Samuel. And Samuel was a prophet in the Old Testament. He was the last of... Um, would have been considered the last of the prophets or judges before the kings came along. And Samuel was a, was a special boy um, that was a gift to his mother. And his mother had said, like, if you give me a child, I'm going to devote him to the service of the Lord. And so when he was born, he, she gave him to the church. And he lived in the church and was trained in the church or the, or the, 
the, the tabernacle and under the priest and was there as a small child. And one night he was there and he was sleeping and he heard this voice call out to him while he's sleeping. And he would get up and he would go to the priest and he would say, Eli, did you, did you shout for me? I'm here. I heard, I heard a voice. I heard you call. And the priest said, that wasn't me, kid. Go back to sleep. And he went back to bed, and he heard the voice again. So he gets up and goes to Eli, and he says, Eli, I heard you call for me, here I am. And Eli's like, dude, what's going on? This is what it says in verse 8. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized what the Lord, that it was the Lord calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there calling, as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. It took Samuel three times of hearing God's voice and guidance from a mentor before he could recognize God's voice. He heard it. It was there. But he had to hear it three times and have guidance. After that, after that, Samuel was able to hear God much, much better. Actually, it was Samuel who got direction from God to anoint Saul as king and later David as king. All because of that first moment when he was able and guided to recognize God's voice. He was then able to have God speak to him and him know what to do, even in massive situations like who will be the next king. So the first thing we need to do is we need to become familiar with his voice. Become familiar with God's voice. Next, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Now, this is one of those things that we Wesleyans try to avoid, um, but the Wesleyan church is becoming a little bit more Pentecostal, so here we are. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. It says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Chapter 10, much later, it says this. This is 10, verse 15. This is God speaking to Peter. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep was taken back up to heaven, where Peter was, while Peter was wondering about the meaning of this vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. And they called out, asking if Simon, who was also known as Peter, was staying there. 
And while Peter was still thinking about the vision or God speaking to him, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs and do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Both of these stories have to do with the Apostle Peter. Peter was there at the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down on the people and he filled them with the Spirit and they began speaking in tongues. And the people were able, to, every, every person was able to hear God speak to them in their own language through the people that were there by the filling of the Holy Spirit. And then we see later on in chapter 10, Peter is there, he's alone, he has this vision of God coming to him, saying, don't call things unclean that I've made clean. And then these men come right when he wakes up, and he's thinking about all this, men come as an answer to that vision. See, God gave Peter power and signs at Pentecost, and then God spoke to Peter in a vision and had things then immediately confirmed through men. See, Peter had this vision, and then he had to go share the gospel with somebody that the Jews felt did not deserve the gospel. He had power and confirmation. Follow the voice and the power of the Spirit. Feeling God's presence and seeing His power clarifies God's voice. Feeling God's presence and seeing His power clarifies God's voice. Peter was still up on the rooftop thinking about that vision. Wasn't quite sure what was going on until the rest of what God was doing came into focus. And that clarified God's voice. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is a letter that Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote to the Corinthian church. And the Corinthian church was really kind of messed up. And they were having a lot of trouble figuring out what they were supposed to do and where they were supposed to go and what was sin and what was not sin and what did God want them to do and what did, were they allowed to do. And Paul writes them this letter and he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. The Holy Spirit produces clarity and peace, not chaos. Paul gives them this little bit of information in the middle of their situation of confusion and chaos and arguing and debate. To let them know that if you are hearing God speak to you, it is going to produce clarity and peace, not confusion or chaos. If you are hearing a voice speak to you, and all it does is lead to confusion, lead to chaos, lead to strife, lead to all kinds of things falling apart, then the chances are it's probably not of God. Because God is a God of peace not disorder. Exodus chapter 31. Way back at the beginning of your Bible. Exodus chapter 31. We have the, I believe, the first example of the Holy Spirit coming on somebody in the Bible. 
And it's this guy named Bezalel. And he's not a preacher. He's not a prophet. He's a craftsman. And this is what it says. Exodus 31, 1-4. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. One more verse. To cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. This is an interesting one because I think it points out that sometimes we need our leaders to confirm the voice of God in our lives. See, God had already given, given Bezalel these gifts. He had already given him the strength and the ability for these crafts and for this work. And he had already put his spirit on this man to do these incredible things. And so in one hand, God has already spoken to him and set him up. But he needed to tell Moses about him so that he would end up doing it. And this is what we learn. Leaders who know God can help confirm and fulfill our ability to understand and follow God's voice. Leaders who know God and are hearing from God can help confirm and fulfill our ability to understand and follow God's voice. Now, I've got the word confirmed there because, again, God is a God of peace, not of chaos. If you have a leader who claims to be following God and comes to you and gives you a word that ends up creating chaos and destroys the kingdom of God or that is totally contrary to where you feel God leading you, that's going to be an issue. God's still going to speak to you. He's not going to speak just to the leader. He's not going to speak just to me. He's not going to just speak to your small group leader or whoever your mentor is or whoever you look up for, to, for spiritual guidance. He's not just going to speak to them and you're going to be left in the dark. No, God is going to speak to you. He's going to equip you. He's going to give you gifts and ability. And our job as leaders is to speak to you what God is saying to us. And if it's the same God is speaking to me that's speaking to you, then we should be hearing the same thing, Right? And so leaders who know God can help confirm and fulfill our ability to understand and follow God's will. And the word fulfill there is because Moses helped give Bezalel the opportunity to live it out. Back to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. After the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit has come on Peter and the other believers and they've spoken in tongues and they've shared the word of God with the people and, and there's this great change happening and the church is being formed and people are being changed by the Holy Spirit. They run into the situation where there are all kinds of needs that need to be met. And all the apostles are saying, well, we can't meet all these needs and keep preaching, and so we need to share this responsibility. We need other people to do this work. 
And so they sit down and they look through all the people and they figure out who can be the people that are going to go out to the streets and meet the needs. And in verse 5 it says, This proposal pleased the whole group and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. We find through the rest of that chapter that Stephen eventually is out and he's in public. In verse 8, it says that, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. And then the people grabbed him, took him to the court, had him stand in front of everybody and talk about what he was doing. And as he was there and he was sharing what God was laying on his heart, what God was saying to him, the people got more and more and more angry. And eventually they all picked up rocks and they threw rocks at him until he died. He was stoned to death. Stephen, this man who was filled with the Holy Spirit, who was following the voice of the Holy Spirit, ended up being murdered because he was following the voice of the Spirit. And this is our lesson. The Holy Spirit doesn't necessarily make things easier. Sometimes he makes it a lot harder. But he does fill us with clear passion and authority. Stephen wasn't following the voice of the Holy Spirit so that he would have a happy, nice, long life. He was following the Spirit because the Spirit of God had given him a clear passion and power and authority to speak. And he followed that voice to his death and to the glory of Christ. Let's sum this up. The better you know the Holy Spirit, the easier it is to recognize His voice. Become familiar with His voice. Feeling God's presence and seeing His power clarifies God's voice. The Holy Spirit produces clarity and peace, not chaos. Leaders who know God can help confirm and fulfill our ability to understand and follow God's voice. And the Holy Spirit doesn't necessarily make things easier. But he does fill us with clear passion and authority. You take all those things. I know that's a lot of information, but this discussion about how do you know what God is saying to you is a big discussion. It's not just a one-sentence answer. You've got to keep all this stuff in mind. But as you keep all this stuff in mind... What that practically boils down to for you and me in our day-to-day lives is, number one, we've got to be reading our Bibles. Folks, if you are trying to figure out what God is saying to you and you are not familiar with the clear Word of God, we call this the Word of God because it is God's Word to you. This is not something you need to figure out and say, well, is this from God or not? No. Start with this. This is God's Word to you. Sometimes we need help figuring out exactly what it means and how to apply it. Sure, but this is God's Word. And if you are not in the Word of God and you are not reading it, then you are going to have a whole lot of trouble figuring out what He says beyond this. 
So number one is you've got to be in the Word. You've got to become familiar with His voice. It means that those people in your life who you feel know God and are following His voice, you need to talk to them to get clarity and guidance. It means that you can talk to a group of other Christians, maybe a small group. And when small groups start up in the fall, you need to join a small group so that you can have these conversations with a group of them because if God, the same God, is talking to all of us, then we should all be getting the same word. Not not across the board in every situation, but when we're talking about what should Evan do, we should be getting the same answer. We need to look for God's support and open doors. Is God making a way for this to happen, or is he closing doors and trying to keep it from happening? It means that you need to quiet your head, quiet your life for a moment, and try to get a sense of whether or not life and this word that you're receiving is giving you clarity or chaos. You need to spend time in prayer and listen. And in the quiet and in your prayer time sense, is God's authority behind this or is this just me trying to make it happen? It means that when we ask questions about situations, we've got to ask, can I see God at work in bringing this about? Become familiar with His voice. Get a sense of His presence Look for his power. Is it producing clarity and peace? Are the leaders in your life able to give you confirmation and help you fulfill what God is leading? And is God filling you with clear passion and authority? I get it. Me, just like all of us, all of us in this room, have to struggle with the question of what is God saying? And most of you know, maybe all of you know, that a few months ago I was, I was asked to take another church. And for two or three weeks I was wrestling, is this God's will for me to go or is it God's will for me to stay? What is He saying? And I had to work through things like this. And at the end of the day, there was clarity and there was peace and there was authority in staying here. And there was my voice, and there was my boss's voice, and there was my wife's voice, and there was my mother-in-law's voice. And through the confirmation of the leaders that I have in my life, and the sense of clarity and peace that he was bringing, and the power of his established word and becoming familiar with his word, it became clearer and clearer that he was saying, stay, you're not done here yet. I'll tell you, that was an agonizing two or three weeks. I get get it. But if you follow these examples of these men and women in the Bible as they journeyed to hear the voice of God, 
and you become more and more familiar with His voice, it'll become easier for you to recognize His voice. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Thank you.